and thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast known as Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and each week I seek to help us better discover life-giving truth so we can experience the life-giving hope truth provides. I seek the Lord each and every week for His timely message so we can know how to best respond in our current times. And if you haven't noticed, these present days are exploding forth. The long and very difficult couple of years we've experienced worldwide, actually preceded by decades of ever-increasing evil done in secret, I believe have come to a point in time where God, in His wisdom, is showing up in all His glory. We are living in the most exciting times the earth has potentially ever seen since the resurrection of Jesus. I would say there's another type of resurrection evident now as God acts on behalf of His people. What we are seeing is a resurrection of righteousness. God has already lowered his hammer of justice, and we are seeing his corrective powers at work all around the globe. God has revealed, and he's continuing to reveal, who is righteous and who is not. Now, I've been encouraging you for months to make sure you are right with God before he shows up, and I sincerely hope you have. God has been revealing those who we can trust and those we must not trust. And many people are suffering a new kind of trauma right now, as more and more is brought to the light of truth. The increase of prophetic intensity is unlike anything we've ever seen before. Several respected prophets began highlighting the month of July as the start of God's miraculous intervention, specifically beginning with July 4th. I also sensed the importance of this particular date in my spirit, and I explained last week that I believe God chose to start his work on July 4th, so his church would once again seek independence from tyranny and oppression. God's work this time is highlighted in America, but I believe it's actually for the entire world, for his people everywhere, to be freed from tyranny and oppression. Just as Christians valiantly and courageously fought to establish America as a free country, a country free from the oppressive rule of Great Britain, and a country free to worship God of the Bible, God's people are in a war today. We are in a spiritual revolutionary war to break free from the tyranny and oppression of the evil plans of the devil that have been played out through people under his influence for decades. There has been a wicked plot to overthrow our capitalistic republic and replace it with a socialistic, communist, Marxist government. In fact, I just heard the other day a person declared that communism is the devil's government. Self-appointed elite men and women around the world have been plotting to acquire all power and authority to govern the affairs of men as they choose. People we thought were working in our best interest are now being exposed for the self-serving, evil-intended plans they've imposed. I've been praying for years for God to cause these people to realize that the personal agenda they think they've been advancing is in reality the plans of the devil to bring destruction and division and even death. I've prayed for these men and women to wake up and to realize this dastardly agenda is in reality an agenda from the enemy of God and entirely against God. And I pray, even in this hour, that many who have been in partnership with the devil will realize their ways and repent, cry out to God for mercy and forgiveness, and find their new life in Christ. These are critical times. More and more people are waking up to truth, and I was so overjoyed on July 4th to participate with the online conference held by pastors Kent and Candy Christmas called Let Freedom Ring. It was one of the most powerful and gratifying Christian services I've ever experienced. There were seven 
of the most profound and trustworthy prophets participating. There was Kent Christmas, Dutch Sheets, Robin Bullock, Hank Kuhneman, Timothy Dixon, Todd Coconato, and Mario Murillo, all on the same stage at the same time at the Grand Ole Opry. God's presence and messages through these anointed men and the various people who also led us through music and song were over the top. I've followed Robin Bullock's teaching for a while, but that was the first time I'd ever experienced his undeniable music anointing. It was extremely powerful. So if you didn't see it, you can still watch it online. There are several places where you can view it, but not all the links work that well. So I found one that seems to do pretty good. It's in the show notes for you. I loved everything these men of God shared, and I made note of one particular statement made by Kent Christmas. He was talking about God's covenant with America and how it's different from his covenant with Israel. God chose Israel, the Jewish people, to be his own, to display his glory through. Conversely, it was the founders and pioneer settlers of America, the Christian men and women, who bravely removed themselves from tyranny and oppression to establish a country that chose God. America is the only nation in the world that chose God. And for this reason, Kent Christmas explained, God has a special covenant with America. But what I want us to understand is America is a type, a pattern, a model for other nations to learn from. The whole world has entered into a time marked on God's timeline for his intervention in humanity. God is now, on behalf of his people, intervening, and he expects us to partner with him to expose deceptions, to tear down the strongholds, remove the perpetrators of evil and the destruction, and reestablish God's authority and power and display his glory as never before seen in our lifetimes. I've said before, and several of the prophets at the Let Freedom Ring conference also stated, the enemy has overplayed his hand. He has worked to circumvent God's plans and prevent the great white harvest of souls, the very same harvest Jesus greatly emphasized. But the devil's plans are turning against him now, as God acts in our behalf. Beginning the month of July and through the end of this year, we should expect to see many, many things occur. It will be both great and terrible times. It will be painful, and there will be more serious hardships to endure. But at the same time, righteousness will be restored. Church, as we've known it, will be radically changed. Instead of the pockets of Christians keeping to themselves in their holy huddles, Christians will emerge on every mountain of society and become the change agents and the influencers Jesus meant us to be. In recent podcasts, I've explained how proper understanding of Matthew 16, 18 reveals Jesus intended his church to have a far greater influence than our modern church has today. By his careful selection of the word ecclesia, which is translated into the word church, Jesus revealed the extent of influence the church is supposed to have on the world. But today, clearly, the world has had tremendous influence on the church. And frankly, we're living in times when God has said, no more. God has lowered the gavel. It's important we discern all current events in light of the Bible to understand and get into lockstep with what God is doing. I certainly want to be living and working in partnership with God, which is why I spend so much time learning everything I can. Hosea 4.6 is a passage I take very seriously. God says his people perish for lack of knowledge. So I want to share with you some of the signs of the time we can discern to fortify our faith and our hope and our belief for that matter, so that we can actually experience great outcomes in these very days we're living. 
Jesus spent considerable time teaching his disciples to prepare, to expect, and to be engaged in the great white harvest when it comes. And I firmly believe it has arrived. The resurrection of righteousness is the first evidence that a Reformation revival is upon us. According to John Richard Owen Roberts, an instructor at College of Revival, there are four things that always are part and parcel in every revival. There's first a breaking, then a remaking, then a pouring full, then an overflow. We have definitely been through a time of breaking down of governments, institutions, ideals, philosophies, even the family and the church, a whole lot these past few years. But as some prophets have explained, God has been dismantling all things in preparation of restructuring all things. Roberts also teaches there are four great things that always precede revival. First, a terrible and moral spiritual decline. Then, a righteous judgment from God. Next, a raising up by God of an immensely burdened person or people. Then, an extraordinary action taken by the people of God. We must all admit there's been a terrible moral and spiritual decline which has set us up for God's righteous judgment at this very time. We're seeing the beginning of God's judgment now. It may take several months. Some seem to think it will go through the end of the year. But the enemy is not going to simply roll over and allow himself to be arrested. We should expect things to get pretty ugly before it gets better. Kent Christmas declared that 2022 through 2024, we will experience the great harvest of souls. And I believe the same thing. In fact, four years ago, or yeah, just about four years ago, when I was considering the lifestyles and people groups and more who would be flocking to the church, I became greatly concerned because the church, as we know it today, is not prepared or adequately equipped to handle a great influx of people. That was about the time God inspired me to write the fifth book in my Faith to Live By series. It's titled, Prepare for the Harvest, God's Challenge to the Church Today. It's a book instructing the church, meaning all Christian churches, organizations, institutions, and individuals, to get ready for hordes of people coming to Christ and needing to be discipled. From this, the Lord also inspired me with an outreach event, a campaign I've called Come Back to God, which I've actually established and I'm presently seeking to expand. It's a replicable evangelistic outreach effort that local churches can organize and conduct in unity, and unity is going to be key in these present times. A few years ago, I had an online television program also called Faith to Live By, but I prefer radio and podcasting over television. But when I was hosting and producing that online program, I learned about a man named Walt Heyer, and I had the privilege of interviewing him. I encourage you to get his book and learn about him, and more importantly, learn from him. I'll have a link for you in the show notes. But as a young boy, Walt experienced life in a way that caused him to want to live life as a female. His story is gut-wrenching. He underwent numerous procedures and processes to become a female, only to be tortured by his choices and desire for Jesus. While his personal story is compelling, I was most impressed with the response of the church leaders Walt sought to help him. Arriving at church, sometimes dressed as a man who went by the name Walt, other times as a woman who went by the name Laura, the pastoral staff could see his torment and his genuine desire to be set free, and they were amazingly able to offer Walt non-judgmental help. Pastor Farrar shared the following as quoted in Walt's book. 
Quote, the issues facing us weren't really about Laura slash Walt. They were really about what kind of church we were. I believe the Spirit was inviting us into a new level of obedience and trust. I had some sense that how we dealt with Laura slash Walt would determine the type of leaders and the type of church we would be. We had talked, even bragged about being a community of grace, yet here was a person whose need forced us to either live that out in the midst of uncertainty and trust, or choose safety and pass Laura slash Walt by. Our call was to obey the Lord in ministry and not preserve the status quo or avoid criticism. End quote. During my interview of Walt, Walt explained how moving it was for him emotionally when he learned how Pastor Ferrar and his board discussed the possibility that people might leave their church when they saw Walt slash Laura attending. But they concluded if some did leave the church, they probably needed to leave the church and find a place that would better suit them. Walt also shared, and I quote Walt now, I was clearly broken and hurting before the Lord, not rebellious or defiant. They realized this, which meant I was one in whom they should invest. While my past choices were, by my own admission, at best foolish and destructive, I'm longing to honor God in the midst of my pain and my willingness to follow the truth was apparent. I was crushed and bowed before God, seeking God's will in the midst of the mess my life had become. End quote. Now, I really want you to understand what I'm saying in light of the great harvest of souls that's coming to our local churches. We need to only look at Jesus' example to see that his character and reputation was defamed due to his commitment to love the needy and even scary people. Luke chapter 7, verse 34 provides one such example. It's commendable for pastors and elders to be concerned about protecting the church members, but never at the expense of failing to help a person coming to the church for help. Knowing the church should be a hospital, however, to the credit of Pastor Farrar and his leadership team, they did some very deep soul searching. They did what I call an internal heart audit. They needed to face their personal shortcomings. There was heart work to be done before the Lord to be able to embrace Walt and genuinely help him. And with all the glory to God and honor to the pastor and leadership team, they worked through their personal issues and were successful in helping Walt. The beauty of Pastor Farrar and the whole church embracing Walt is what made all the difference in Walt's life, allowing him to enjoy freedom and victory Christ achieved for all who come to Jesus. You know what? Walt ultimately married one of the precious women from Pastor Farrar's church, and together they minister to others with sex change regrets. What a tremendous harvest to come from the difficult choice of Pastor Farrar and his board and their ability to also cast the vision to the congregation so as few people as possible actually left the church while those who remained were able to embrace Walt and help him get the help he genuinely needed. With the enemy's increasing influence on people about gender fluidity, Walt's story is one the church needs to know and learn from. Again, I'll have a links in the show notes. So as I consider the condition of the church today and the reality of great numbers of people from all walks of life, some who will show up on our church doorsteps and literally stink, some with visible issues that are not consistent with the neat and tidy sanitized church cultures we've created, 
I knew I had to write the next book, which I mentioned is Prepare for the Harvest, God's Challenge to the Church Today. I encourage you, if you are a pastor or a Christian leader, get a copy of this book and share it with your team. It's essential for the church to rise up and become the ecclesia Jesus always intended. Think about the many deliverances Jesus and his disciples conducted as recorded in the New Testament. In fact, make a point of looking them up and reading them with your imagination leading the way. When demon-controlled people manifest, it's not neat and tidy. We read several demonstrations, such as convulsing, foaming at the mouth, supernaturally strong, unable to be restrained, and more. Think of the many healings Jesus and his disciples performed. Would you be willing to reach out and actually touch a leper? What Jesus expects of his ecclesia, especially in these days of resurrecting righteousness, begins in the heart. Yes, we know without faith it's impossible to please God, and without faith we have no ability to heal the sick and help hurting people and deliver the lost. But as Walt Heyer's pastor and leadership team learned, even more important is the deep condition of our hearts. One of the very first things all Christian organizations and churches everywhere should be doing today is a serious personal probe of the heart. It should be encouraged among all leadership, and there should also be an assessment of the overall church culture. Let me ask you, would you be willing to genuinely welcome and sit next to a person who was obviously a man but dressed as a woman? Would you, as a parent, be willing to allow your child to attend a vacation Bible school with children whose parents were former gang members who had found Jesus. People who suddenly find Christ will arrive at our churches in the same clothes they're accustomed to wearing, which may, in many cases, be highly inconsistent with our acceptable church attire. Would your church congregation be able to genuinely welcome a smelly, dirty, homeless person to sit in your main sanctuary? Wow, as I'm recording this, I realize we call our churches sanctuaries, but are they really? Church leadership needs to take these very days, these present days, to prayerfully determine their plan of action to receive this great white harvest of souls into your places of worship. Leadership needs to create a specific game plan. Certainly, there will be a need for some safeguards and procedures established in advance, and church staff will need to be trained to properly reach out and welcome people from all walks of life. I strongly suggest you make a point of sharing this podcast with your church leadership, and consider gifting your pastor a copy of my book. There are many practical matters that need to be in place now, not to mention the more important underlying preparation of our hearts. As I shared, the enemy is not going to give up easily. It's going to get pretty nasty before it gets better. As God resurrects righteousness, he will also be dealing with unrighteousness. We have already seen some who have held places in Christian leadership, in business, in education, government, and more, be exposed for who they really are, and they are actually in the process of God removing them from their positions of influence. There's much more of that to come, and many people will be greatly shocked and even deeply hurt with these revelations. This is another area of ministry the church needs to get prepared for in these days, tending to our own church members who will experience levels of devastation as the truth is made known. Liberal governments and governing officials who are anti-church will continue to try to control Christians, all the more especially as the church is gaining her voice. We are already seeing the claims of new strains of COVID 
and the claims that additional vaccines or quarantines or wearing of masks will be required. Control by fear and intimidation will continue until we press back enough to cause the enemy to retreat. These days require courage and intentionality. But let us not think we are left to do this in our own strength. This is God's intervention. He's merely asking us to partner with him. Take courage and direction from pastors such as Cheon of Harvest Rock Church International Ministry and the leadership of South Bay United Pentecostal Church, who stood up against Governor Gavin Newsom's total ban on indoor worship. With the help of Liberty Council's appeal on their behalf, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled in their favor. The Supreme Court ruling has created a domino effect, emboldening others to stand against any government impositions that are contrary to our Constitution and, most importantly, contrary to the mandates from God. In the words of Pastor Art Hodges, quote, Americans should never be forced to have to choose between obeying God or their government, end quote. We in America have unique freedoms that the entire world is relying on us to guard, protect, and cause to be upheld. What happens in America impacts the entire world. The people of God in America are being given a tremendous opportunity to influence the world for the better, and I pray we don't miss it. Pastor Jean Bailey from Flashpoint was also part of Kent Christmas's 4th of July event. He spoke of the present days unfolding in four ways. Mobilization, which is where we are now. Activation, which is very soon required. Then demonstration, which is where the people of God go out into the world and proclaim their faith boldly in their daily lives. Then we'll experience greater revelation. Revelation is achieved as we partner with God and seek and obey Him and then realize the outcomes He desires. We are seeing God raise the church up to her rightful place as the Ecclesia, where we influence the culture and no longer the other way around. We should seek the Lord now for the many new revelations He wants us to encounter and then learn from God what practical steps we need to take to be prepared. I see many things the church needs to be doing. Perhaps my list will help you and your church or Christian organization brainstorm to develop your own list. My list of practical steps the church needs to be taking to be prepared includes prayer and fasting, leadership retreats to examine hearts and do a church culture audit, new vision cast from leadership to the congregation, laying aside egos and logos and joining effort with other existing churches and organizations in display of unity, intentionally identify the gifts and callings of all people in the church and position people to serve others according to their gifts creating or refreshing a new believers class to help new converts step into their new life in Christ. Learn more about deliverance and healing and train people so your church can be the hospital the ecclesia is meant to be. I hope today's podcast has inspired you to take action in response to what God is doing. Sharing this podcast, getting my books, and encouraging others to be engaged are suggested action items. And because these times are so significant, I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to know what specific action steps you take in response to this podcast. Let me know by sending me an email. Use faith to live by at PamelaChristianMinistries.com. And I encourage you again to get a copy of my book. I'm even offering you a 20% discount. Just use the promo code TRUTH at checkout. That promo code is only good on my website, which is PamelaChristianMinistries.com. 
Remember, purchasing my books and products is one excellent way to support my ministry. Next week, I will continue with this topic so we can know more about God's timeline, the end times, and get in lockstep with what God is doing. Remember, God says his people perish for lack of knowledge. So let's be proactive about gaining knowledge and also in being in partnership with God to see his will done on earth as it is in heaven. And here's something I'm really excited about, which is another evidence of the times we're living in where God is raising up his church, the Ecclesia. If you can and you want to, make a point to attend Clay Clark's Reawaken America tour in Anaheim, July 17th to 18th. His first two health and freedom events were highly successful and tickets sold out. And I suspect tickets are going to sell out for this Anaheim event as well. I'll have a link for you in the show notes. If it is sold out, you can still watch it online with the live streaming options. Again, I'll have information for you. But you need to understand, this is amazing what's going on with people responding and getting engaged in our culture. This is what God wants. The speakers at these events include General Michael Flynn, Pastor Dave Scarlett, Patrick Byrne, Lynn Wood, Sidney Powell, Dr. Simone Gold, Scott McKay, Amanda Grace, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, uh, Attorney Lee Dundas, Pastor Phil Hotzenpiller, and a whole lot more. And music in Anaheim will be by Sean Foyt. After Anaheim, they are planning additional events. The next one will be in August at uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Then in September, there'll be one in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And in November, San Antonio, Texas. You can learn more at the website. I'll have it in my show notes. But also, I'll be talking about it here on my podcast. Very exciting. If you've liked what you've heard today, then I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. One of the newest ways you can help is by getting my new bumper sticker that reads, Make America Godly Again. They're available for $5 each. These are beautiful red, white, and blue vinyl stickers. They'll hold up nicely in almost any weather. And I hope you'll get as many as possible and give them away so we can, as a nation, begin to display our real and certain hope we have in God for America. Use the order form on my web store and let me know how many you'd like. In addition to showing your support with the bumper stickers, you can also take advantage of the many goods and services I bring you from my sponsors and partners, which you'll find on my faithtoliveby.com page. One of my sponsors is Ed Torres, who can help you with your future financial goals. Ask Ed Torres, a team member with the Financial Advisory Practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, about the exclusive, confident retirement approach to see if you're prepared for your financial future. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, understands your goals and they provide personalized advice to help you reach them. Call Edward Torres at 949-250-3210. Office is located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They are licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website on the show notes, and I encourage you, contact Ed for a free consultation. He is mine and my husband's financial advisor and a wonderful Christian man we highly recommend. Also, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter which will make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. 
with so much going on every day. Let's also connect on Facebook at Faith to Live by TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. And be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network for this show, Faith to Live By, and also on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there's a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring you is how you can show support, which would be greatly appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review will help the show reach more people and spread the gospel, and it helps people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you are sure not to miss a single edition? I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to always remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.